Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org slash wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th wartime diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating wartime diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, so if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. Tov, I'm Gideon Lev almost 89 years old, and uh, I've lived in Israel approximately 65 years. I'm a uh, Holocaust survivor, an ex-kibbutznik, a Democrat, liberal, all the good things. <laughs> Maybe some not so good. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. So, as you know, during these incredibly difficult days, we're trying to bring you voices we're hearing among and around us. These aren't stories, they're just quick conversations, or postcards really, that try to capture slivers of life right now. There's a lot of Holocaust rhetoric in the air. Bibi Netanyahu has said on several occasions that Hamas militants are worse than the Nazis. And this week the Israeli delegation to the UN wore yellow stars at the Security Council. All of it's controversial, of course, and many people, including many Holocaust survivors, have different feelings on the matter. Gidon Lev from Ramat Gan probably isn't exactly what you imagine when you think of a Holocaust survivor. For many years he lived in Kibbutz Zikim on the Gaza border, where he milked some 200 cows a day. Nowadays, get this, he's a veritable TikTok celebrity, 
with nearly half a million followers, and, quite accurately, likes to refer to himself as a rascal. When the war broke out, he experienced a lot of trauma, and took shelter in Engedi, on the shores of the Dead Sea. Our producers Mitch Ginsburg and Adina Karpuch went to visit him. So, uh, in 1938, about three months after the Germans had entered Kaluivari, my parents and grandparents decided they can't anymore. Impossible to be here. So, they decided they're going to move to Prague. Let the Germans have this, we're going to, to the east, to Prague. And I remember my birthday was in March, I was born March 3rd, and I'd received a beautiful tricycle, red tricycle, with black handlebars. And as we went to the train station in the middle of the night, with suitcases and bedrolls and boxes of stuff, everything we could carry. Of course, I brought my loved tricycle with me. And I come to the train and loading it up, and I'm trying to pick it up and get it. And my parents said, nine, 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 no, 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 you can't take it. For the little boy, three years old, it's a minor tragedy, a minor tragedy. Three months after we arrived in, in Prague, Hitler came and declared there is no more Czechoslovakia Republic. From now on, you are part of the greater Third Reich. I remember my grandpa, his name was Alfred. He used to take me to the park around the corner and there were swings there, and slides, and we would come there and run, especially to one specific swing, at the shape of a canoe. And I would quickly climb in, I was four or five years old, and he would of course push me, and oh, I was in seventh heaven. And one day he would come there, and say, no, 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 he comes running after me. Nine, 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 Peter, no, 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 you can't. I'm sorry, you can't. I, and started crying, and why, why can't I, what did I do? Why are you taking me out? And I, my little fist, I, I hit him, and, and he said, Peter, I'm sorry, look, you see the sign here? I look, the sign, yes, you see the sign? It says, Juden verboten, Jews are not allowed. These kind of things were so oppressive, depressive, suppressive, and the Germans did it step by step. And then finally, every Jew has to wear an identifying Jewish star. This is actually my mother's. This is what my mother had to wear. But my mother was a little bit of a rebel. You see this pin on the back? Mm -hmm. Well, we had to buy these. I think there was 10 kroner or I don't know how much. It's a lot of money since everybody wears every day something else, right? Wants a sweater, wants a blouse, wants a coat, depending on the weather. So you had to buy a dozen or more. A lot of money. We didn't have it. So she said, ah, I'm buying one. I use a pin, this is the pin. 
and she pinned it on her blouse or on her coat or on her sweater whenever she went out. So this was more or less the step before the transportation started. I wasn't going to ask you about this yet, but I think I have to now. Um, you know, I was reading the paper this morning, and I saw that Israel's ambassador to the UN, Gilad Erdan, wore a yellow star just like that reason. How did that make you feel? What did you think about that? I think um, it's okay, except I, <laughs> I think... It looks too um, phony. Why didn't he do the, go to trouble and find a few people who have a real one, like I have, and say, can you lend it to us? I'll wear the one that your mother wore. So interesting. I never could have predicted that that would be your response, but it's very interesting. Sometimes the details of something are more important than the actual action. I wanted to just read to you, if I could, um, you can. what the head of Yad Vashem said about this. I don't know if, if you saw, but he tweeted yesterday, we were saddened to see the members of the Israeli delegation to the UN donning the yellow star. It disgraces both Holocaust victims and Israel. The yellow star symbolizes the Jewish people's helplessness and the Jews being at the mercy of others. Today we have an independent state and a strong army. We are the masters of our fate. Today we shall wear a blue and white flag, not a yellow star. What do you think about that? Don't agree with him. Absolutely do not agree. It doesn't show us, doesn't make us weak, doesn't make that we're only victims. But yes, we were victims. And this horrific attack that took place, the way it took place, did absolutely me, an 89-year-old survivor of the Holocaust, remind me of that period. It almost feels like the Hamas had German Nazi instructors. What to do, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it. It's exactly what the Germans did. They came into a town, a village, a ghetto, removed all the Jews, lined them up, had them dig a ditch, shot them. And if they weren't happy that it went too slow, they corralled them into a synagogue and lit the synagogue with live people inside and burned them to death. Anybody trying to escape was shot on the spot, right by the window, right by the door. These horrific atrocities were exactly what the Hamas did here. I, I didn't think such a thing can happen again. I hope we get these guys and finish it off. But it's a very, very big problem to do this in a way that doesn't harm innocent people, and there are many of them. I have absolutely no objection that the Palestinians should have their homeland too. Not in Israel, next to Israel. 
We don't have to be lovers or friends. We can just exist next to each other. And if that ever happens, this entire area will change and become a haven for everybody. I have one daughter who lives in California, in, in uh, Santa Cruz, and she's a liberal, left-wing. She's a wonderful human being. But we had a very harsh discussion. And I said, pointed out to her, if Israel wanted to level Gaza, in one day they could level. If they wanted to, there would be nothing left of Gaza. But who wants to? Fact is, the American Air Force was bombing, excuse the expression, shit, out of the Germans. Americans, that's what they did. They bombed civilians, schmevillians. They were all German Nazis as far as they were concerned. Even if that's not so true. We are not perfect, but essentially we try as much as is possible to avoid civilians. The fact that Hamas uses civilians as a way of protecting themselves and to show the world how terrible we are, that we don't care about humans, is a big lie. We fight back. That's why the world is against us, because we fight back. The world loves Jews, dead Jews. My tendency is to fight back. I'm not anymore prepared to step aside.
לימים זה נשכח כאיננו, אבל כשהערב עורך, אומר לך כך בינינו, פחות אבל עוד כואב. לא עוד כדי הנחות, ואם רע לי אני פחות 